guys, you know what's super fucking cool? Using these kick-ass dice from Tabletop Loot. Oh my god, tell me more! Well, what's <laughs> even cooler than that is being able to stuff my dice in a big old fat dice sack from grayed out <laughs> down in the mythical city of Atlantis. No, actually, wow. these are these smallest bags that he makes. Um, these are the mini Could have fooled me! He makes larger bags that have seven or nine pockets inside. And you what? can do custom orders with fun fabric. Cats in coffee cups. Damn. On the fabric. He does cats. Oh. It's adorable. Bros, little booze, and all my little uh, D&D cronies, if you haven't gotten some swaggity swag from yeah. all of these kick-ass yeah. companies, just fly on over the motherfucking hit dice at hit dice on the Twitter piece and and send out a picture of your tits. Just kidding. Uh, no. No, oh, don't yeah. do that. Just go, but only if you're a guy. <laughs> only if they're in a blue-scaled bikini. Only if they're covered in dragon scales. That's true. Don't do anything with your boobies on Twitter. Uh, but do go and get some sweet swag from Tabletop Loot and Grade Out. You will not be upset the way his bags hold your dice. And the best part is that we at Hit Dice are going to front you some sweet, sweet monies when you buy these. If you enter Hit Dice Pod, all lowercase, all one word at checkout, at either of those stores, we are going to cover 15% off of any order at Tabletop Loot, and we're going to cover 10% of any order uh, from Grade Out. So this is... Is going to be episode 10 of Hit Dice. How do you play D&D? Just like every week. Yeah, it's the same as every week. No one remembers how. This week's episode is brought to you by our two sponsors who we've already mentioned. It is also brought to you by the number three, as in the level three, because all of my players are level three now. Oh. Uh, and as, as we go around and introduce each of you, I would like it if you would talk a little bit about what you took for level three, because I kind of skipped over that with two, and you guys just kind of like came out swinging, and it was like, oh, wow, why didn't they do that before? <laughs> I did want to talk about level three a little bit for those of you who don't play Dungeons & Dragons, and even for my players, because the mechanics of the game are fun, but I like the lore a little bit better. Level three is a time in an adventurer's life where after they have chosen their profession, they really start to hone in on that profession and understand the benefits and what that means for them as an individual. So level three is really a time as far as the lore goes in an adventurer's life where they begin to understand their chosen profession and what it means to them specifically and they begin to become proficient with that chosen profession. My body is changing. <laughs> and I got all the answers for those strange, strange questions. Why am I part buffalo now? <laughs> <laughs> Why is my dad a buffalo? <laughs> Why is my dad a buffalo? Uh, okay, so I'm Wes, I'm the DM, I'm the host. I do the intros, I do the outros, I make the stories, and to my right, we got Alan Clark. Alan Clark playing Patches, the half-elf rogue who is now a thief, officially. Oh, shit! Um, so at level three, I have what's called fast hands. I have super fucking fast hands. Oh my um, god, look at those hands. So I can use my cunning action, um, which is basically a, a bonus action, for sleight of hand checks, um, to use my thieves tools to disarm a trap or open a lock. Um, or use the use an object action. Um, I can climb super fast and just scale a wall. Um, it's, climbing is doesn't take extra movement anymore. Um, and when I do a running jump, I can cover an additional 
number of feet equal to my dex mod. Is that because your hands are it's flapping so fast? literally flapping yeah. my hands. I like level three. <laughs> Jonathan Ganong. And I'm a wizard, uh, gnome wizard, and they're weird because at level two you get your divination school. Uh, so nothing super special when I'm level three, but I did take two divination spells. So I took Mind Spike, um, Ooh, nice. from Xanathar's Guide to Everything, and also Detect Thoughts. Ooh. Should play hand in hand. Nice, those are good for Arwell. Yeah. <laughs> Nana Larson. I'm playing Adelaide, the half-elf warlock, and level three as a warlock is when you really bond with your patron, and they give you some really cool powers. And so I took a pact with it. I gave it some flesh and some blood, and it gave me this really awesome thing where now with my fake finger and my arcane focus, at any day I can cast any melee weapon, and it appears in my hand if I can use it. As a weapon. That's fucking good. Pack to the Blade. blade. That is pretty goddamn cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I also took a new spell. I didn't switch out any of my spells this time because they've been really working for me. It's a thing that warlocks can do. It's a thing that warlocks can do because their patron gives them power that they need, and I need all this power. So I took a spell called Mirror Image where I can make duplicates of myself. Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like that. So you don't get hit by one ping below. Yeah, yeah. so the willow can't <laughs> find me anymore. You have the one help. Oh, which one is Adelaide? Who knows? <laughs> Such mystery. Much wonder. The one with the quirkiness. <laughs> Rachel Watkins. Hey, I'm Rachel Watkins. I'm playing Callista Astoria, super sexy tiefling bard, because I like to play off-type. Yeah. And <laughs> so at level three, Callista has gone to the College of Lore. Ooh. Nice. She finally got in. Yeah, which was got so her exciting. Of yeah, I finally got in, and apparently I've already graduated. Damn, that was fast. Incredible. <laughs> no student loans. I did a great job. All right. Um, the best thing about that for me, well, Callista is motivated by wanting to collect and tell these stories, and at this point, um, gather this group of people and create these stories. Um, so I added a couple spell slots as my power up, and I got to add one spell, which is Enhance Ability. What? That's what it's called? It's called Enhance Ability. Tell me what it does. <laughs> <laughs> it um, basically, I can I can choose somebody and enhance like one skill check for them. Oh, enhance oh, space ability. space ability. ability. Yeah, I thought it was enhance ability. And no, I was like, no. I don't know what that is. That's my personal version of no, that. Yeah. yeah, that's it's enhance ability. Yeah. I'll, I'll pause that's more. That's enhanceable. The that's what I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> no, just enhance ability. So That's got cool. it. I'll be helping with that. Um, also, at this level, I picked up um, cutting words, which I can use in place Hell of yeah. handing out bardic inspiration. Um, also, I was rereading the tiefling page to make sure I hadn't missed anything for leveling up and realized I missed something at level one. <gasps> oh, incredible! <laughs> I know! I'm so smart. Um, so all along, I'm supposed to have had the ability to cast Thaumaturgy at will. Mm. Tieflings can do tieflingness. that? Yeah. Oh. And Hellish Rebuke once a day. My god! Damn. At second level. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And to my left... Caleb mm-hmm. Hanks. I'm Caleb Hanks, and I play the guy on the buffalo, who is a human ranger whose schizophrenic episodes will probably include the voice of the guy in the buffalo a little bit more, because last episode I decided not to do it as much, but that was before I realized the guy was kind of blowing up on Twitter and people liked the voice. <laughs> oh, sorry guys. Oh. I'll try to just make it work when I need is to it, talk a lot. Are we cool enough to keep playing with you? Is that okay? I don't think so. <laughs> um, no. Tell me who you're playing and what you leveled up. <laughs> <laughs> a a, a uh, human ranger, and I uh, now, as a level three, uh, am a beast master. 
And I have taken on the new spell, which was pretty much the only addition other than being able to handle the buffalo. Speak with animals, because the only thing cooler than riding on a buffalo is talking with the buffalo. I, a little I think chat. we can all agree on that. What's up, buffalo? Free wait, review so, what wait, you what happened? No, you guys, you guys tell me what you remember it's happened. So, tell each other. We all jumped down into a cavern in the water, or like a hole in the water, and our friend Guy hit his head and has been slightly going in and out of accent and personality. Truth. Um, and then we go <laughs> in and we meet this wonderful little kobold named Zaldo, who has a skunk on his back, puns no, are just like yeah. junk and garbage everywhere on him, yeah. and then he has a scorpion tied Bags to a staff. Wasps. <laughs> <laughs> Probably um, the headiest guy yeah. I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> he brings us in to meet, I guess, his like mom or leader. Um, who's another kobold. Uh, she had cool we, wings. Yeah, we finally get past them to go into this area um, by giving them a music box. Arwell did that. Um, yeah, and then that was nice. Zaldo comes in with us and. We met a giant? We, yeah, start exploring. You met a giant. I became a pen pals with an underwater giant named. Quatana. 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 Kakuna Matata. So we got into a fight with a water weird cube uh, thing. Oh, water weird. And then we also had this crab that uh, tasted Blind great. Blind cheese whiskey crab. You guys ate it. Yeah, the cheese, the cheese and whiskey exploding crab. And there was, um, there was the cool room where you met the giant actually was the room full of all the like I'm guessing sarcophagi that was like big glass walls. Oh, oh yeah, where you almost killed us. And that's where I got my super. Oh, yeah. Patches almost killed you, stuff. you didn't design the trap. And just opened it. That was oh, that's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And we all like took like <laughs> 18 points a day. And you had to carry Calista's <laughs> lifeless body from the chamber. Oh, totally. You were like, oops. Yeah, I do remember that. Oh yeah, I did that's right. Well, and yeah, and then we got we got into the room by Sitting on a statue holding scales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you had to wear your amulet. My, you, don't yeah, have to yeah, you had to come to Jesus moment. Had to and the door <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing change your alignment to good, which you were uncomfortable with. Did not enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be through to the next room, though. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And then where um, we lost our our friend Zaldo. Is that well, you saw your patron. Oh yeah, I saw my patron. <coughs> well, somebody, well, somebody connected to my patron. She talked to me. There were some eyeballs and some gooey shit, and it was kind of weird, but I liked it. Yo, you liked did it? Did you just open that beer in my foot? I didn't mean. Did you just open that, that beer with my I ass? I had to do it under your ass. That's a life skill. Level three, baby. Uh, and then there was a dragon. It was big and green, and it ate our fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> it was a green dragon, right? It was big. Okay. Oh, did it eat it? Yeah, it was like an yeah. ancient... Yeah, 86, 86 points of damage in one hit. So you guys are sitting in a room just outside of this strange room that have had these strange altars inside of it. You all have this gem in your hand. I believe Callista has it. Yeah. You have this gem in your hand. It's this black gem, and the inside of it seems to constantly be moving, like, it's, like there's smoke trapped inside of it, almost like ink moving around. The room that you guys are all standing in, there are these two enormous, just dragon-like creatures that you guys have slain. They're lying dead on the floor, and 
A hideously ugly woman lies dead on the floor, her fish-like mouth stretched far back and her last scream, her bulging fish-like eyes coming through her seaweed-like hair, all of the strange barnacles and crustaceans that cover her skin, and you can just see the water kind of washing over her body. The last thing that you all saw was that door closing and Yenitazasis locking eyes with you and turning to jump back into the water right before it closed. Your friend Zaldo's body is surely on the other side of this door or in Yenitazasis' stomach. Arwell's like, we should get out. Okay. Agreed. Um, so Callista's going to take that whoa, stone whoa, whoa. and wrap like, it just in. Like, leave the whole place? Yeah. Yes, let's walk and talk about it. I'm At wrapping least. the stone <laughs> in one of my costumes that I have in my pack and then just tucking it. What is one in. of those costumes? Can you please tell me specifically <laughs> which costume this gym is wrapped in? My, my... Is it the bikini? Because everyone can see it. Before the bikini, I came stocked at level one with two costumes that I've never determined exactly what they are. Or mutton okay. chops for patches. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Only if Arbol will make me the bicycle. I can make you a bicycle. Yeah, the, with the big wheel in the front and the little wheel in the back. Easy. I can juggle Sword juggle Oh, I have one right here. But wait, there was like five other dragon heads we could have stuffed stuff in and fucked everything up and ruined our universe. We should probably go back to the Council of Lords and tell them what we found. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And I have a feeling that dragon doesn't want to let us We're just going to leave? There's a dragon coming back around and there are other areas where the dragon can enter into this What do you want to do down here, Patches? What do you want to say? So we could find stones to put in these... They're not here. The dragon was literally finding one idea. to bring one back. Um, Let's get back to Buffalo. Back yeah. to Buffalo. Yeah. You think our boat's still there? I think they're Squad. literally trying to Fam? unlock something. Buffalo with, gals? Uh, mm-hmm. We need to stop them from getting Well, we have gems. one, right? If, exactly. If, yeah, well, if the giant dragon was them. putting things yeah, in there, for now. To, for the moment. <laughs> Until if, if they the come back out. in here, a huge dragon. <laughs> <laughs> In one move, <laughs> swallowed him. But the skunk is home. probably still alive. So maybe I, we can no, smell the dragon. Yeah, exactly, and I'm shorter than him, probably. Does everyone? Does everyone want to just leave? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, fuck it. All right. I say we go out into the water, release ourselves, and float up to the top and see how many bubbles appear in our brains. Perfect. That's how we'll get Let's back get the bends. Up, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Do the bends exist in D&D? Uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah your sure. physical bodies. <laughs> Gravity holds you on the planet. Physics still exists yes. in D&D, right? Physics are the same. Yeah, mostly. Yes, mostly. Well, um, well I definitely yeah, I am going to be leaving. We'll wave to the kobolds as we run past Yeah, so are, is, are you guys just making for the way you came in? Is that the plan? Yes. Yeah, yeah and how the fuck are we going to get out? Um, We have a rope that we tied from the boat down. We can do it. So you guys are, I'm assuming, like running through this place after you all yell about what's going on for a second. Uh, So you all are just talking over each other. (laughs) Something pretty traumatic has just happened. Your buddy... (laughs) We made a new friend. It was immediately eaten. Yeah, immediately eaten by this humongous dragon. I mean, Mm -hmm. gigantic. And it jumped back out into the ocean. You have no idea where it is at this point. You guys just start booking it through here. You guys were able to get the water levels to drop in this place, but there's still about six inches of it, so your feet are just soaked as you all are running through here. You bust through this room with the waterfall in it. The other scale has kind of tipped back to where it was since you guys have been in here. You continue through this. You go into the room that had that cave fissure up on the ceiling and the water weird that you all fought, and you cut through there, and as you do, you notice that the light that was in the cavern that was just off from this, it's no longer lit, where you saw those two kobolds. They've put their torches out since all of this commotion has happened, and it's really hard to see in this room 
Anyone who has dark vision, which I think is literally everybody but Guy, you can see the two kobold, and they're just like up against the wall in the corner. Can I roll perception? Sure. I want to see if I smell skunk or see dragon or Mm. smell dragon or hear dragon. Just covering all my bases. Yeah. (laughs) 17? I mean, with 17, you just notice these two hiding. You're in about a foot and a half of water in this room, not in none of the others, and they're on just a small piece of land that really only the two of them can sit comfortably on. Can I, like, I want to throw up my arm and stop Guy from running, because you're probably still running. Can I smell animals on a nature roll? Yeah. 11. You smell kobolds, and um, a, and you smell whiskey and so crab meat. We see the kobolds in a corner saying shush. They just um, got their fingers over their mouths. I'm casting detect thoughts. Okay. Um, nice. And Ooh, this will be fun. For the duration, you can read the thoughts of certain creatures. When you cast a spell, and as your action on each turn until the spell ends, you can focus your mind on any one creature that you can see within 30 feet of you. Oh, shit. If the creature you choose has an intelligence of three or lower, it doesn't speak any language, hang I'm going to skip ahead because I know this part. Okay. But you can also use the spell to detect the presence of thinking creatures you can't see. Oh, that's when cool. when you cast the spell or as your action during the duration, you can search for thoughts within 30 feet of you. Uh, the spell can penetrate barriers. And then I can go more into it, but I just want to like... Sure. How long does that last? Duration, one minute. Okay, that's pretty. That's a that's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know you could detect invisible stuff. Yeah, yeah. Really and cool. then I can go in deeper if I want to. Yeah, and I can. Yeah. These kobold, though they are simple creatures, they're crafty creatures, and they can kind of put these strange contraptions together, like these wings, and and they're still like you can see the smaller of the two, the male clutching that music box to his chest, and he's making sure that the lid is tight, while the female with the wings has her finger over her mouth. And as you're detecting their thoughts, it's surface level thoughts at first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you know that they're <clears throat> deathly afraid, uh, and that they just want you guys out of the room. Um, I lean over to them and I say, "Hey, Soto got eaten. Why are we whispering?" And then one says, "We're not whispering. You are whispering. You, you told us. You told us to be quiet. Stop talking to me. <laughs> Let's keep going. Why are we being quiet? <laughs> Let's go quiet. And I'm, I'm just gonna keep going." Yeah, and one one as like your teammates all start moving and you're talking to these, one just says, "You're not too mad. If he finds us, he'll kill us." So he's not here. You guys should find. As I, I'm walking, but yeah. he's not here. As long as you guys are here, he might be soon. You should leave. Okay, let's leave. Fair enough. You guys should. <laughs> okay, we're leaving. I'm keeping up the no, tight thoughts, though. Let's go out. And as you guys are running, you can just hear the male like whimper a little bit in the back. You can hear him like almost start to cry and you can just hear like the muffled music box playing and then you can hear something just like, you can hear something like, just like smash closed just as soon as you start to hear those musical notes. But you guys get to this small, like this hallway kind of leads up these ancient stone steps that might actually just be stones layered into the ground. And as you come up out of this water, there's this strange cylindrical shape just coming out of the natural stone down here a little bit. There's that same door you came in and as you pull that door open, just that pitch black space that has that wooden and rope ladder that leads about 90 feet up to the surface where you guys entered this place. Cool. With my new ability, I climbed this fucking shit so fast. Yeah. I'm like, gee, like, um, and also, <laughs> I would also like to tell everyone you to get climb, here. What? St- I grabbed the back of Patches. Patches, wait. Yeah. We had to take potions to get through what's up there. Oh, uh, that's right. We don't know if this will <laughs> active and also... Please don't go up there and burn to death after I pump so many spells right. into yeah. you. And yeah. please have your day vision goggles ready. We don't want to go blind either. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> inspiration. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Calista, inspiration. Hey, remember that time you didn't thanks. save us, but we're saving you? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't suppose we still have any potions that are going to get us through that barrier, so what the fuck are we going to do now? Um, I... Um, what was the potions again? Does someone remember? Can I see that red was, potion that we got? Was it potions of walking through do fiery I, uh, blood? Uh, fire got it. Which, I think. another thing I had forgotten to note about being a tiefling is that I have natural resistance to fire. Did you just, like, reread and go, oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh. I read that last paragraph. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to just say that I have the red... Violent. I thought you were going to say, I'm just okay. going to say that I I'm going to pull it out resistance. and I'm just going to cast Identify. Sure. Um, so you pull out this potion bottle and the potion bottle, unlike the other ones, there is this kind of standard potion bottle that you guys are thinking about. It's round, it has a cork in the top. This one's very different. It's almost like a decanter. It almost looks like crystal that your grandmother would have. It's just got these intricate indentions up the side and then the lid that covers the top is almost like a diamond. The liquid inside of it is bright, beautiful, ruby red. This is a potion of fire breathing. Oh, I thought it was going to be a love potion. (laughs) Cool, I don't tell anyone that just yet. Put them back in. No, I'll tell you later, but that's not going to help us. Um, If things start to, like, everyone, I want everyone to be close to me if it starts to get hot and can we jump into the happen? water? No, I still have the shield scroll from Kaggert's. Lupe. Yeah, nice. from Lupe, and I, it, it might save us if it, might. it gets crazy. If she did it right. <laughs> I mean, it's worth a try. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Right hey, Arwell, is there an ability that would help you have more success with that spell that I could enhance for you? I'm doing the thing. Ability? Would you like to be enhanced? Um... Always. <laughs> How's your enhanceability? Natural <laughs> male enhancement. Pretty great. Um, if it lasts more than I, seven minutes, you should call a doctor. Absolutely. My dick has plenty of enhanceability. <laughs> um, quick DM question. Quick DM question. I feel like Arwell would know. Would there be a certain skill that would help me with scroll. spell scroll? Yeah, Arcana. So okay. Is that your spell casting ability, Arcana? It's intelligence. It's a, well, let me do your intelligence then. Oh, just oh, you can do base intelligence. Yes. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yes. I would love that. So I'm going to um, cast Dying. enhance space ability on Arwell <laughs> and give him Fox's cunning. So you will have cool. advantage on intelligence checks. Go Bard. <laughs> All right. My first ever second level spell casting. What can you do? do? You're really smart. My and let it be. didn't really do <laughs> much, but I feel good about it. So what do you guys want to do? Oh, I want to climb this fucking down. rope ladder. Yeah, right, I so climb the everyone puts their day vision goggles on. Mm-hmm. I'm right behind Patrick. Down. I walk up to Arwell and I put my hands on both sides of his head and I say, Arwell is the smartest gnome. And then you get your intelligence. And I say, away. acute. And I keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so everyone has these day vision goggles on. This, this chamber is pitch black, so even those of you with dark vision are just kind of feeling your way up this ladder and just hoping that you don't miss anything. Everyone make a quick dex check for me. 16. Nice. I'm going to make a modest... Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Dice purge. All right. A natural one? I Callista! Got, I got a net one also. Oh, my God! <laughs> this is, and this is, like, by far my best check. So. Right, like, dexterity is one of my 21? Yeah. Five. Oh my god. So you guys are just climbing up this and with just with the speed the, and all of you kind of scrambling this ladder Yeah, this ladder is just swaying all over the place not have put the goggles on. Right, you guys are just one after the other in this pitch black dark this ladder is swaying and just one good time Patches is in the front He's moving just maybe a little too fast and as it whips out his hand misses it But also that speed that he's climbing with is kind of shaking it most and you fall as does Callista 
Adelaide, as they fall, Patches like hits you, and you're like falling back God off of this ladder as well. So you all are about 40 feet up at this point, and all three of you are falling. Um, Who's got the thing, the feather fall? Um, I will, as a level up, you don't all of a sudden get your spell slots back, do you? No. Still no. All right, sorry guys. <laughs> uh, can I try to quick reaction as I hear them falling, since I rolled high-ish, can I try to, because my rope is always in a lasso. Okay, sure, yeah. That's canonical. Lasso it, lasso it down. So that would be acrobatics? Yeah. Nat 20. You're full of shit. Nat 20. Nat You're full of shit. <laughs> so as you, as you go, you, you, you just, Callista's behind you and she falls. And you're like, oh no. And then Patches, yeah. And then Patches falls as well and you're like, Oh no! And he hits Adelaide, and as he does, your lasso is around both of them before they can even fall. So you have Patches and Adelaide in the rope. With the nat twenty, you guys are lucky. I'm giving you two. I'm gonna use some my dancer ability and see if I can make a little acrobatics check to yep. see if I can Go try to land it. For me. Hey. Yes. Okay. Twenty-four. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. 24 is good. You fall and you take your costumes out and you make a quick parachute out of them. <laughs> and you, yeah. you use them to cushion your fall. That's like, it's like I just fall off the ladder and I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I just start doing flips and things and riding myself and I land gracefully on the floor. Yeah, with a mustache on. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that kind of costume. Right. And as you hit, you land gracefully. You are able to kind of get control of yourself mm-hmm. while you are in the air. You think you would have taken a little more damage, mm-hmm. but because of the way you are falling and the way you were able to catch yourself mid-air, your feet only sting really badly as you hit, like when you jump awesome. out of a swing set, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You take one bludgeoning damage. One bludgeoning. Yeah, I can handle that. Patches and I are hanging from that lasso clapping. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys still can't see. Yeah. It's oh. pitch black. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hear her land the fall and I start clapping. Yeah. That was a blow to my pride. I'm just like, motherfucker. You're so excited about your clapping. And I say, don't worry, guys. This thing can take the fleas off the dog's back at 300 yards and point it straight at your head, Tannen. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Still feel a little weird since I hit my neck. (laughs) I pull them back up until they can re-secure themselves on the ladder. It doesn't take much. How far away am I from Um, Calista? Well, now you're about 40 feet away. I fell all the way to the bottom, so I'm going to take my goggles off. You can see now. You can see that two of your comrades are tied together. Yeah. What the? Okay. Okay. Wow. Um, I have, if it doesn't work, I have a potion of diminishment. It can can make you real small and carry you up. (laughs) Pocket Callista. I guess I'm at the top of the ladder at this point. Yeah. And everybody has secured themselves on the ladder. Yeah. Yeah, I'm climbing like a normal person. So I'm going to take my staff and see if I can just knock it into the black wall in front of me and see if it sounds like stone or hollow or anything. Yeah. So you just like smack into the side of this roll of perception for me. That's not very good. That is a two. Yeah, it just kind of whacks onto the side of this. And you can, you guys are hearing those same sounds as you like whack this and everybody, you're, you were kind of in that rush before, but then Guy stops for just a moment to kind of take in his surroundings and see what's going on. And as everything goes quiet and all of you get your grips on this ladder, you once again can hear all of those aquatic sounds. You can hear these giant beasts kind of just lumbering by as their bodies pass through the ocean. You can hear these strange distant songs and you can hear the waves kind of repeatedly brushing up against this, but you can't tell how thick it is or how far away those things are. Are we up at the top? Yeah, yeah, you guys are all like at the top of this right and now. And so we can we see the water? The top of the water? 
No, it's totally dry in here. Okay. Yeah, you so, got, and I'm not, I'm assuming until you guys tell me that you haven't <laughs> opened the door. Oh, there's a door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, you guys had to, there was like salt encrusted it and it was kind of latched closed and Patches used his thieves tools to loosen like, it. Oh, let's yeah. open the fucking door and go yeah. to the rope, to the boat. Okay. Yeah. You guys push this door open and it just like, and out, you, that water is just rising 60 feet above you and it's just swirling around and it just sounds like this river rushing as you can see it. And there's just this one single rope just kind of flapping around and flying and just loose in the wind and you can see the bow of a tiny lifeboat just peeking over the edge of this and it, it seems pretty undisturbed, surprisingly. As you all get out here, however, it's just like, though you can see a little bit, it, you you can't really see as much as you could before. Nighttime? It is daytime. You would know it is daytime. The walls around us, are they like walls or is it just like some weird magical hole? It's like some, it, like the water of the sea. It, it's just like not touching the cylinder from, so you guys are standing on a piece of stone with a door in it that is roughly 15 by 15, like the whole radius of the circle. And it's just like really tiny and the water won't touch anywhere from there to the top of the sea. It won't encroach on that space. Almost like there's an invisible cylinder that goes from the, ground you all are standing on all the way to the top of the sea where you guys came from. Can we just put our hand into the water? Yeah, you can't really see right now. None of you can, but you can put your hand in. I None of us am... can't even with dark vision? No, nobody can see. We're just blind. You have your day vision goggles on. You guys are um, all just blind as bats. I'm going to take off one side of my goggle. Okay, you take off one side of your goggle and you see daylight. You see okay. this wall of water say, around you. Um, everything's fine, you guys. You can take off your goggles if okay. you need to. And what's strange is where before there was, it was almost like a black veil was across the top when you guys looked up from down here. It's gone. You can see the clear blue sky above you and just a few clouds floating through it and what few like sea birds are flying through here. Does anybody um, here potentially cast Prestidigitation? Mm -mm. Nope. Um, what are you trying to do? Well, I'm trying to phone a friend. <laughs> you need message though, right? No, no phone really. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just gonna try to scream as loud as I possibly can. Okay. <laughs> I say, in, in giant, I say, Cortana, can you help your buffalo breath went out? And I try to like shout it into the water. Nothing seems to happen immediately. I'm just like listening. I'm trying to mm -hmm. see if I, I'm gonna put my hand to the ground. I'm gonna survive. roll nature survival. survival and see if I can feel any vibrations. Sure. Some walking. Nat 20. You guys, you guys see God just scream something out. You guys can't understand a word of what he's saying. It's strange and garbled and it's in this guttural language you can't understand. And then he just drops to the ground. He puts his hand on it first and then he puts his ear to it. And as soon as you put your ear to it, you just hear this and all of you kind of like lose your footing. And as you do, you see these two bright blue orbs like through this wall of water and you see an enormous blue hand reach out. And as it does, this comes through and the water's just pouring off of this thing's arms like a waterfall and it puts its head through it and you can just see its beard and it's covered in like starfish and fish and it has this giant crustacean-like crown on top of its head. Incredible look and I'm sketching it so hard. <laughs> uh, but he, he does look out and he says, Cortana has answered you. What is it, friend? My friend, we will forever be in your debt if you can get us past this magic barrier. Do we want to be forever in debt to a water giant? Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm Cortana already forever in debt to a patron of the Fae. I am I'm so in my life. <laughs> Selling my soul, there's not much left. You'll have to find me first. <laughs> Cortana likes you, little folk. Cortana will help you. 
And as as he does this, you guys can just see his giant hands like get up on this island and he pulls himself through this wall. It's almost unsettling as he actually gets up onto this because there's no more room for you guys. And he stands almost as tall as this cylinder is, this hole that you guys are in. And as he does, he just one at a time is scooping you all up and just putting you up on the top of the water. He's just like dropping you off into it. I'm fangirling out while I'm on the Yeah, yeah, like where the water's around it. He puts you right beside that lifeboat. Uh And as he does, he just picks, he picks you up last guy. And as he's like holding you toward that, he just says, you little folk are so funny. And then he just kind of drops you into the water. And you, his hand is like, he doesn't set you gently in it. It's like he doesn't realize, yeah, how much help you guys need. He basically, like, is holding you up and just letting you go. And you're kind of flying out a bit and, like, hitting the water. But he's definitely getting you out, up, and over this. Listen just curls up into a cannonball and goes for it. Yeah, yeah I'm living for this. I'm like, woo! <laughs> so you guys are all, like, kind of flying up and toward this boat. You guys are all up on here. And with that, Quatana just kind of, like, nods to you all. And he just steps back into the water like it's nothing. And as he does, you can just quickly see that form back down into the sea. And what I just say, for your book? thanks, oh buddy. Anytime you need us, just call my name and me and the buffalo and the buffalo gals will come running. And all, you don't hear anything back from him. You just, those waves kind of lapping up against the side of this strange cylinder in the middle of this sea and distant voices that seem to be shouting at you, like, back to the boat. Back to the boat. You can just like barely hear I'm them. I grab an oar and start. Yeah. Let's yeah. roll this back. Everybody get back. So there's a rope. They they attached a rope to this boat from the ship and let and let you guys out. Yeah. Ding ding. And so you see them start cranking. It's actually more like a giant wheel that they're like three men are walking around and it's just pulling you back in quickly. You guys are still packed just to get a little extra. You guys are like, get us out of here. But you get you get back to the dancing raven. And as you get back to the dancing raven, they these two ropes come down from the ship. And there are two places in this lifeboat that you could like thread these ropes through. You guys would know that they were there because you had to undo them to get in. Uh, we, we do that. <laughs> yes, we absolutely okay, do that. so you guys tie this boat up and then the men just start pulling you up. And as you get up, Maltart just holds his hand out toward Patches, uh, the captain of the ship. He, the Council of Lords trusted him. They told you about him. He's a big man with unkempt salt and pepper hair and beard. He wears a dull red cloth around his neck, almost like a bandana. And he keeps one hand on his belt at all times even as he's reaching out to Patches with one hand. He wears a large leather coat that's almost like a duster that has oversized buttons and cuffs on it. And as you guys get up, he's just holding his hand out to you. Uh, I take it. and Yeah, he just pulls you up yeah. onto the ship, and then by the time he gets Patches on, you guys are kind of level with this ship. Thanks, okay. my bro. Whew. We should get back to land really quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen anything up here? Montark uh, just says, uh, some disturbance in the water, but... I don't really know what it is. Okay. I, I am. Uh, I'm with you. Better we get back to. La- and as he says this, the whole boat just rocks really violently in one direction, and this huge form just shoots up out of it and lands on the ship. And as this form comes down and just lands on the front of this boat, the entire thing is pushed, and the whole thing is oh, just God. rocking. <laughs> and Yenitazasis, that same dragon, is just sitting on this deck. Okay, well, I, I have a plan. I don't know if I still have a plan, you well, guys. At least you can wipe with the bonus action. As Yenitazasis comes out, you guys just get to see his whole body. You aren't retreating from him in this cavern or anything. You can see him in all of his glory standing at the bow of the ship and you can feel that weight of him as he lands almost like he wants you to and this whole ship just kind of rocks forward really violently. What color is this dragon again? He is green. 
all along his body, he has a single fin that goes from the top of his head all the way down his back to his tail. And his tail, where other dragons have these slender tails, a green dragon's tail is like a gecko's. It's really thick with these scales, and it looks like a single hit from it could just like knock you in half. You see that it has like, as he opens his maw, unlike other dragons where they have teeth in their mouth, it's almost like an exoskeleton of these razor, this is like razor sharp scales that are all on the outside of his mouth. He has these small black eyes that just kind of look out at all of you. His wings are enormous and he has two claws, almost like bat wings, where like two enormous thumbs would be in, on these wings. He has these giant horns coming off the back of each of his elbows as he's sitting on this. He has like one hand on the ship's stern, but he takes up the entire space in front of this. He just starts to scream out to all of you. You think you can come to my lair, take my smoke gym, and leave back to your little town to go on with your little lives? Time to hand it over. And he just like extends this enormous claw out to you. And as it comes out toward you all, you can just see it span across the ship. And as it sits in front of you, each of you are about as big as one of his fingers. Like as this huge clawed hand is just sitting in front of you. Deception. Too bad for you, buddy. When you ate your little cobalt, buddy, you ate the stone gem. That's a 19. Uh. <laughs> if this is true, then this is also your fault. Ate my blasted gem, stupid humans. We were just lost. We didn't have anything to do with that. You should have a better uh, hold on your stronghold. And he just, he screams out. I'll make you regret ever coming out here onto my sea. This is Yenitazostas' sea, the Dragon's Reach, and I'll make an example of all of you in front of these people. And yes, he's just kind of like- regret it, we'll just go back, sorry. As he's saying all this, it doesn't, he's like screaming this at you all. He's not just like saying it. He's, his voice is like blasting past you. It like hurts your ears to hear this. As, as he says this, he just like rocks the ship really hard one time, like gets his claws on one side and flaps that wing. And as it does, you guys can just feel the rush of air off of it, just like the power behind this dragon. And the whole ship rocks to one side. And we're gonna do a skill challenge. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Assuming, since you guys have not started combat. I was about yeah. to say, so you just want to end the campaign no, here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> combat! There's a dragon, eats us all. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Yeah, he's rocking the ship. He is definitely, he's rocking the ship, but he hasn't made, like, he hasn't bit out at you or used yeah, his breath weapon or anything, us. right? So this whole ship is, I mean, like, not just a little, like, this ship is almost completely up, and you guys are, like, sliding down the deck. Mm -hmm. As are all these other guys. Does everyone know how to play a skill challenge? Yeah. Yes. Okay, just make it. Uh, so. maybe Do you want to tell the kids at home? Yeah, so a skill <laughs> challenge is uh, essentially my players will take in the situation and they can creatively interpret it however they want. They can use any of their skills as long as it is within reason and roll to see if they are able to do anything. For instance, they could try to save a teammate. They could try to repair the ship. They could try to bolster the crew with an inspiring speech. Anything like this or and anything, song. yeah, or a song. Hits, hits. Anything that they can think of <laughs> and they have to be a number that they are unaware of. They need to make so many successes uh, before they make too many failures in order to pass this skill challenge. And a failure will result in probably something catastrophic that they definitely don't want to happen. So give it all you got, guys. Mm. Let's do this. And we roll to see who goes first, right? Like the order that the skill challenge is happening in? Yeah, yeah. It's just like initiative. I'm going to use my next new d20 from oh, tabletop. Lord. 15. 15? 14. 14? 6. 6? 8. 8? 3! 
funny. It's funny because it went in the order. Yeah, that's weird. That is weird. So it's <laughs> Guy, Patches, Callista, Arwol, Adelaide. Guy, you're up. Yenitazasis has just like rocked the ship and all of the crew members who were on this, there are only three besides Maltark. They're all kind of tumbling across the ship toward the water. And Maltark is just standing his ground. He's grabbed the side of the ship as it's kind of going up and he's hanging there on it. His hand has kind of come off of his belt and he seems to be reaching for something. Oh. It seems like the dragon is attempting to tip the ship over though. Oh, he's trying to tip the ship over. Tip huh? the ship. I would like to uh, jump on the buffalo, okay. since he is rather large and fat. <laughs> and I would like to ride him buoyant? to the other side yeah. of the ship to try to balance out the Roll way. animal handling for me. Animal handling. 16. With a 16, you are successfully able to, like, I mean, you can speak with Buffalo now, right? And to an extent, yeah. can't you communicate uh, with him a little bit? Yeah, I guess so. Like with the Beastmaster? Yeah. You can command him to do a few things. I say, on with my steed! And we roll over there to the other side of the ship. Yeah, and so you guys go over there, and the ship is still tilting. Less like less violently now, it seems to be like there's a little bit of resistance on it, and you can see Unitazasis' grasp just kind of tighten around the edge of the spoke. Well, I was going to pick up Steve and take him with us to bring even more weight. Steve just kind of like follows you around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's not doing anything except following you. Hey, we got, we're taking out what we can get. Patches. I'm going to try to deceive the dragon. Go for it. <laughs> um, I say, we love dragons, and we totally didn't mean to steal your shit, um, and yeah, we we're really sorry that you ate your shit, um, but we're just gonna go- <laughs> I don't eat my shit! <laughs> the help. We're just gonna now go you're home gonna now. Go collect it. We're just gonna go home now. You're super pretty and green. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. <laughs> What Don't is call it? dragon pretty. It's a nine. Yeah, with a nine, his neck just extends, and his his maw is almost right in front of you. You can smell this rancid, dead breath. A little skunk in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, yeah, and as you see it, you can just see these green vapors kind of leaking out of his mouth, and it's almost like they have weight, like dry ice and water. Instead of just like rising like smoke would, these strange green vapors kind of pour out over his mouth. Kicking like Bruce Lee. As, yeah, as his, as his face comes in here, he looks at you and he snarls, but when he goes to talk, he rears his head up toward the sky. The only way you'll make it out of here is being my servant, but I doubt any of you would be any good for that. And his voice just kind of bellows over this water. Callista's up. on land is hearing this. Um, <laughs> how tilted is the boat? It was tilted at almost a 90 degree angle, and Buffalo was able to get it back to like 80. Um, I'm going to try some persuasion. Sure. And I'm going to sing a rousing rendition that I hope everybody will join in on of Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Um, so I sort of sing my little song and move towards the middle of the deck. The age-old tune of... I'm trying to persuade him and pretty much everybody to like sit down and just try to get our weight lower and stabilize the whole thing. But mainly for him to sit down, too. Okay. And stop sure. doing that. Yeah, roll it. Okay. Roll it. He's like, I love this song. It was in my Bible yeah. studies class. <laughs> I put special emphasis on the because the devil will drag you under by the sharp lapels of your checkered coat verse. Oh my God. <laughs> I look like a devil. Creepy. <laughs> it's really in the song. Yeah. Did you write that? <laughs> yes. That was so close to being funny. So close to 20. Your smile didn't fade, so I'm assuming it's good. 
It, well, with all my bonuses, I'm good at that. It comes out to an 18. Yeah, so with an 18, Yenitazasis is still just flapping that wing, but the three members of the crew who seem to be having trouble and seem to be panicking kind of find their center once again. Yeah. And they're able to kind of get their footing, and they all run down to the main mast with the giant sail on it, and they all start just heaving on this rope, and they push this sail in the opposite direction that he's kind of flapping his wing, and they're actually using the wind he's creating to his disadvantage, and it kind of pushes Smart the boat boys. back down a little bit. Smart. Yeah. Smart. And they're singing with you also. I was <laughs> hoping that yeah. when I was like, and the yeah. people all said, sit all down, they might be like, sit yeah. down! And they're all like, rock the boat. And the one guy that doesn't know. Also, oh, I briefly covet green scales for another bikini top. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they worked so well the last time. I mean, Do, I would like to see if I can look at the mast and see if I can parts. counterbalance the way the ship is tilting with the wind. And to bring it back. Sure. Um, no. That would be an investigation. Just an investigation. Yep. Okay. We're doing great. I'm gonna use my inspiration. We roll, we okay, I'll take the first one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Fifteen. Arwell, you just start yelling out as you as soon as you see these guys go to the mast. Mm-hmm. Though you're not a sailor, you realize exactly what they're doing. It makes sense to you, mm-hmm. and you realize that if you went to this other mast and did the same thing that they're doing, you might actually be able to be a little more successful. And so, judging like you, you kind of watch what they're doing, and you go over and you do the exact same thing with this other mast. Like even with your tiny body, you're able to kind of like get this sail to turn just a little bit to the side. And Yena Zosis is kind of pushing against himself at this point. Yeah. And the boat is almost completely even as you guys are all kind of doing nice. this. Yeah. Adelaide. <laughs> so I can't use persuasion if it's already been used. Right. I'm going to use intimidation. Ooh. I'm going to do the classic Adelaide chilly cold stare. <laughs> and I'm going to look him straight in the eyes and say, you should make a bargain for our lives. We're worth it. 24. His wings stop flapping. You guys are all able to get the boat to the side. You're able to fight him long enough so that he tires out a little bit. And this boat just kind of evens out. And he yells out to you. Perhaps I will make you slaves. Make you work to your bones till the flesh falls from your body as long as you live. Hard manual labor. And as he's saying this, he still is not looking at you all. He's kind of just shouting it out above the boat. And as he shouts this, like, you're just noticing, like, the ripples on the water, almost, just from his voice kind of booming out above all of you. But the boat is even. Hmm. Creepy. What is he trying to do? I think he's just trying to curry favor still. Mm. Like the other dragon. Maybe. I think he wants... (laughs) I want to... I'm just going to... I'm going to take a knee in front of him and just say, okay, listen. The only reason we came out is because everybody in that big town back there, that really big influential town, saw that plume of smoke and didn't know what was going on, so they got scared. And they kept sending adventurers out, and people kept not coming back, and they didn't know what was out here. They don't know you're here. We can go back, and this is what I do best. I can spread your fame all over that place. They will all know your name. It will go beyond that city. Everybody in this land will know who you are, and that you are here, and that this is your sea. Do you want to roll... Persuasion? Come on. While this is going on, I'm going to use my last spell slot and cast Detect Thoughts again. Can I? <laughs> um, and I'm going to keep it surface level. I don't want to go deeper because I don't want him to know that I'm, I'm going to use my inspiration. Okay. Going in. Sure. While this is happening, I'm going to take my goggle lens okay. and, use, and get the sun <clears throat> to reflect light right into his eyeball. <sighs> 23. 
23, nice. So with the 23, you notice he does kind of relax. You see his shoulders relax a bit, and this little bit of a smug grin comes on his face, and he extends his g- enormous claw to you, and he says, My gem. Yes, dear. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> um, and his eyes, they've been fixed on this guy this whole time, but they flick down to you, and he's like, You know what I mean. I'm sorry, what? My smoked gem, like I swallowed it, I would know. At this point, I'm listening in. Okay. Sort of. Sure. Not super deep, but like surface level. You know that he's, he is, it's surface level. I'm going to be walking up toward her to mm-hmm. maybe give her a signal on like the knee. And surface level, surface level is, they, they don't do anything against it. You can just read those surface level thoughts, right? Yeah, like super surface level. Okay. Yeah, yeah. With his surface level thoughts, you know he's waiting on something. He's not paying attention to you guys. And he just keeps he just keeps repeating something over and over. He's thinking about it. You guys are not in the forefront of his brain. He just keeps thinking, where is he? Um, as he's just kind of looking out over this. I'm gonna is it the try to whisper to her that he's fucking storm giant? He's he's waiting for something or someone. And he like his hand still is extended toward you. You can see his claws beginning to kind of like twitch in front of you. He's and he's like he says, Go on to tell my stories, but return what is mine. And I'll, I'll roll sleight of hand oh, or something so that he doesn't fully see it. But I want to take out a ball bearing and be like, oh, my God, I found it. And just, like, toss it over the side of the boat. <laughs> Here it is. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, roll sleight of hand. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you did it by accident. Oh, my God. Um, it's a 14. So Patch is out loud, Arbel's like making his way over and he's whispering something to Callista. Patch is out loud, goes, oh my god, I found it, and throws a ball bearing over the side of the ship. It's just kind of like behind his back and it's like bloop. And uh, Yenitazasis, he just grabs onto the side of this boat and he's still not looking at any of you. And you can see what little bit of a smile he may be able to form in his mouth. And as you throw it back into the sea, he says, then it's back where it belongs, like all of you soon will be. And with that, he just pushes off of this boat and like up into the air. And as he's flying, you notice that something is shining in the sky and it's diving toward you all. And as it does, he just like intercepts this thing in the air and they're both like falling toward the boat. You can see this golden shimmer that's kind of like swirling all around him as they come down and they push off of each other. And as they do, a green dragon, Unitizasis, lands on one side of the boat and a golden dragon on the other. Um, the golden dragon has, it has a face almost like a catfish. Like everything you think about it, it has all these tendrils just kind of hanging off of it. Its mouth is long and narrow. I mean, well, first of all, its scales are beautiful and they're radiant in this light. Yeah, and it just has, its wings are not unlike fins that go all the way up and down its body and it just shimmers in this light. Its eyes squint and look and they're as golden as the rest of its body. Is he a metallic hanging out with a chromatic? <laughs> but as he as he comes down, he just speaks out. And he says, Inatu, enough. Leave these people be. They've done nothing to you. And Yenatu just screams out at him and he says, They've done everything to us. They've ruined us. They've run us under the sea that's named after us. How can you say that? He's just like, calm yourself. You don't know. You aren't old enough. As he's screaming back out to him, he says, Sissor, you know nothing. And as he does, his mouth just creeps open and you see that 
fog, that green-like mist just start to pour out of it and over the deck on him, and it just... I cast Urshul spell. Yeah, and then okay, as yeah. this happens, all of the crew members are actually around you with these masks, yeah. and as this green mist just over this entire boat, you can see, he called him Zisarth. You can see him, before this shield comes over all of you, this rush of green smoke and clouds and fog is just barreling toward you, and then Arwell just pulls this scroll out, and as he does, just like, you can see outside of it completely. You can barely see the shimmer of magic as it but this green smoke-like ink just kind of pours out around you and rushes past. And as it's done, you guys see the form of Yunitazasu just fly through it and like dive into the back of the ship. And you can feel the whole thing kind of rocking. Everyone needs to make a dexterity saving throw for me as the ship begins to rock. That fucking 20, dude. Holy shit, are you kidding me? You should dude, sell that uh, dice on the uh, internet. Yeah. Or give it to Patches. Dude. <laughs> 14. 14? Nine. Nine? Um, I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. It's a uh, 12, 14. 14? 16. 16? Yeah, 20. Yeah, holy shit. So, I'll give you this. Three of the crew members and Arwol begin to tumble, and as Arwol tumbles, He's got this scroll out, and you know that he's holding this barrier up as he's using this magic. With your nat 20, I will allow you to stay on the boat, but I need you to make an arcana check for me to see if you can keep this barrier up. Okay. Um, but I do get advantage, right? Yeah! yeah. Ooh, I forgot about that. Nat 20. Nat 20. No oh, shit! You guys are getting, yeah, yeah, just for fun. So, <laughs> so as you guys as you guys are doing this, and as you guys are getting into these adventures, you're just becoming like a little bit more of a tight-knit group, yeah. you know? You guys are starting to understand each other's ins and outs, when you can depend on someone and when you can't. Or, well, you know that you have to keep the shield up. Yeah. Like, there are two dragons fighting around you, and so you don't even hesitate. You're keeping the spell up, and even as you feel yourself begin to slip, you're just relying on your teammates. And as you do, Guy just comes through, and he just kind of like, you want to lasso or you want to grab? I'm just going to grab him by that collar shirt and be like, don't worry, I got you, little buddy. And Calista's like a little rounder. You're the smartest gnome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and as this is happening, Yenatuzas is just, I mean, like in a blur, just through the smoke, like over top of you. And that's what caused this boat to rock is his clashing into Zisarth. And, uh, and as you can see these two dragons writhing in this green smoke, you see almost this golden-like dust coming out from this, and it's clearing the green. And uh, Zisarth just says, They know not what they do. They claim this land, and we were greedy. We were cruel. And Yenitazasis just says, It's our land. It always has been. And as he does, he just bites into the neck of Zisarth as he's screaming out, and his neck just kind of writhes. And as he does, Yenitazasis just pushes off of the ship as hard as he can, his eyes gleaming, and just like as his teeth are bared into this neck, you can see this bright red crimson blood just coming down this golden dragon's neck. And and as he's as Yenitazasis is looking out at all of you, specifically at Patches as he's kind of looking over, and he just patches. he just yeah he just says well, Patches is always talking to the big guys. <laughs> he looks over at all of you and his gaze kind of locks onto Patches and he says everything back where it should be. And he just <laughs> dives down into the water. With that, the boat kind of rocks for a little bit, and you can see you can see his form just kind of as soon as he hits the water. Both of them have those fins all over their bodies. Their forms just like lightning. <laughs> This huge form is just gone back the way that he came. And the water's just kind of settling around the boat. The crew isn't speaking at all. Uh, Maltark is just kind of standing with his mouth open, and he's like, I never should have took this job. 
I scream, yeah, so. get the boat going. And yeah, I'm so like still that, holding the spell. What's out there? Uh, um. Yeah, and he's like, in all of this, he was pulling out what looked like a scimitar, and it looked like it never got past the sheath. Like, in all of the chaos, he like went to, yeah, and he just kind of like puts it back in there, right. So is everybody standing around dumbfounded with their mouth, okay. mouths agape? I just look around, start pointing, going, shawarma? Shawarma? <laughs> um, yeah, nobody liked that movie. But um, all of these guys do kind of like, they're, they're just mouths agape, even as you guys are screaming at all of them. And then Maltart get, pulls out his scimitar and just like slices it into the side of this boat. It only cleaves an inch or two into it, but it's obviously stuck. And he's like, men, get us back home. And as he says this, they just start like pulling these ropes and aligning the sails. And the Raven is built to be quick. And so as soon as it gets some wind behind its sails, you guys are just pushing back toward Raven's Bluff. You guys have about a half a day before you're going to get there and it is going to go by uneventfully. As you guys are pulling... This shit. As you guys are pulling back toward... Uh, I'll give you a short rest. Yeah. As you guys are pulling back toward Raven's Bluff, you notice there is no longer a plume of smoke above where you all were. Um, do you... We should figure out what the stone does and see if it can help the good dragons. I say we take it back to that old wizard dude we talked to a lot. Isaac and his and his witch bitch. Dumble, toast. comma Bryant. Yes. <laughs> I can't remember yeah. people's names, but I can remember dragon's names, like Agdavoska. It's because I come up with good ass dragon names. I, I care deeply about Zasar all of a sudden. Oh, he was a cute guy. Let's go find some He's good dragons and we're gonna make an even more gorgeous costume. <laughs> They you don't those. even care about him taking up for you. Like, I need those scales. They shed those sometimes, right? They molt. They molt. Yeah. Uh, like, you, yeah. Know how, you know how deer shed their antlers? I bet dragons shed their scales. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, they, they gotta grow. grow. Yeah. They shed their wings. Since we still have the gem. When you rest, can you check it out and see what it is? I uh, just regained two spell slots. So you can do it now. I can do it now. Well, my thing is... Is anybody hurt? Do you think I that the, the dragon oh. can, like... Detect locate where that thing is. This object. No. Ooh. You know what we could do though. He would have known otherwise immediately. It's possibly. He said I don't, I don't think know. he believed me when I <laughs> pretended that the I ball bearing was. I think he believed you. Well, you, you know. Do? I do. I don't. You know how those. Um, uh, I think he would have stayed on the boat. Absolutely. You know how Kill that us. school when we when we were looking for all that stuff they had like uh, didn't they have spells cast on stuff that would enable you from locating objects. Aren't there limitations to what those spells can detect through? Yes. It's only a thousand feet, first of all. And box. then it can only go through a certain amount of lead, no stone. No amount of lead. If he were no, able... Well, one inch. Any through. amount of lead. Yeah, any amount. In any one amount. inch. If he <laughs> were able to detect what? that, like, that literally smoke stone, oil. any amount of lead. <laughs> it couldn't be exact because it was right in front of him and he couldn't find it. So it would That's have to true. be like a general area, yeah, but he could still find us, potentially. I don't, I don't know. know. It was looking straight at me, so... He and knows we came from the city, and if he is that angry, he could attack the city. That's just because he could attack us. Yeah. I mean, but he I can mean, just come kill us if he go, gets back down there and realizes it isn't there. But I mean, we do. I mean, a gold dragon was trying, trying to stop him at least. While we're still on the water, we could try to get in touch with my giant f- friend and entrust him with the stone because he's a buddy of ours and he lives in the ocean. And if he's got it, I feel like he's in his I, own world. I think we and know he would just our hand intentions. It over. Yeah. <laughs> we know our intentions more so than the giants. That's true. Plus, I think we need to study this thing and see what's going on. It might be the key to what they're trying to do, or a key. Well, if we have one, they can't have all five. Right. Um, can I see the stone? Let's get somewhere secure first. I don't want to do this on the boat. 
I mean, <laughs> can we do it in our room and I can just identify it? I guess, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a cabin on this ship. Yeah. So. Are you sure, like, on the water is a safe place to do it, though? I mean, it's fine. It's, I mean, sure? positive. Okay. He's positive. The record, Callista sure. is very <laughs> uncomfortable and nervous about this. But she trusts Arwell, so she's going to very carefully it's pull fine. it out and give right. it to him. Sure. I'm an old pro. Here, Arwell. <laughs> um, I would like to just use... I would like to do just like a ritual spell. Sure. To identify. Yeah. I want to use the. Yeah. So you guys, you guys are starting to get very used to this spell. As Arwell just like loves using his magics for identifying things and discovering things. And as you cast the spell, that same runic circle just shows up with all these intricate magical carvings, and the light is actually coming up through this. And as it does, that gem begins to smoke. And it's not just the inside of it, that inky thing that seems to be moving inside of it, it smokes around it. And that light that usually comes out of your runic circle turns to smoke as well as it's coming up and around you. It doesn't leave much past the floor, but as it does, that smoke just eventually dissipates. And you know that this is a smoky quartz elemental gem. So this is, this is not from this plane of existence. It is from another. And it is from the plane of ash. Something like this, it, it's probably pretty common there, but it can have some pretty powerful effects on this plane. Mm-hmm. And you think that Yenitazasis was using those as but catalyst for that yeah. smoke that was pouring out. What, what he was using the smoke for specifically, whether it was to hide, to scare, to alert, you're unsure, but you can be positive. Because it wasn't one of those dragon's mouths, it was actually on its own pedestal, sitting out near the water where he came in, where you guys took that from, and you think that that must have been the source of that Didn't black we try, plane. we put it in one of the dragon mouths, though, mm-hmm. and the channel filled. Yes. And then we pulled it back out. Yes. How freaking cool. Cool. Um, can I um, I, I relate this to everyone, or relate this information mm-hmm. to everyone, and then I give you back the giant. So, like, anytime That's we so walk cool. into a room, we should just make this thing create a bunch of smoke. And then just Hell walk, yeah! Walk Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that you guys all walk in, like, patches is combing his hair over. All right, so as you guys are pulling back up, you're coming into Raven's Bluff. Just a, a side question from this. Did that spell scroll do much for us? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. saved all your fucking lives. Wait, did okay. 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 I would like to have a moment, at least, where, like, I learn as my character. Yeah, what that makes sense. Like, I mean, you were using it, like, the concentration you were yeah. using, you were, like, you were starting to fall off the ship and you almost nat didn't 20? even notice. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we got a nat 20 on that. That's awesome. Uh, ready? Yeah, totally. Get ready for this. What? Each creature in the area of a green dragon's poison breath must breath. make a DC 22 <laughs> constitution saving throw nice or take 22 D6 poison damage. Holy shit. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> 22 D6? Even if every single one rolled a one, we'd barely be alive. <laughs> I would not be. Might be alive. Thanks for saying that. That really was I mean, going to be a TPK. Yeah, yeah it was a literally. I should have used that. That was one of Lupe's right? Correct. Yeah. So we have to let her know it worked and it saved her lives. She likes me. Yeah, okay. You know, I will bring up that information that you told me to Lupe when I talked to her that that shield spell sure. was. You would know that you would know that that thing was like holding fucking firm, and that you were like, you I mean, you were like sweating, and you could yeah. feel it. Like you could. Also no one else could. Welcome for the enhanced space ability. Right. May I uh, have a word with everyone? Yeah. 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 Right. Hey, what's so <laughs> say no more, fam. Um, right after I tried to trick the dragons by throwing that ball bearing into the water, Smart um, and the dragons started fighting this the bracelet that I took from the crate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, was heating up. It was like very hot. 
So we need to identify this thing. <laughs> I would love to identify you that. You got enough spell slots? Um, I immediately start retracing the same <laughs> runes on the floor. And, just, and I'm like, just drop it here. So just to describe this bracelet a little to you, I don't think I've actually given you a yeah. description of it. So the top of this bracelet is made of silver all the way across, but the bottom of it is actually a chain that comes across of it. So the, the silver band goes a, across like three-fourths of your wrist, and then there's a small chain that attaches it. There are a bunch of different red gems in it. They're all really small, and in between each of those gems is a symbol. One is a triangle, one is an eye, another triangle, and then like it looks like a crescent moon. And as you start to identify this, that same ritual spell is coming into effect. You guys are just like banging these out one after another. And as you do, it's the same, yeah, it's the same circle, and Arnold just like can't help himself. <laughs> and so as, as this is being identified, you would know that this is a bracelet of dragon's bane. And anyone who is wearing this bracelet gets a plus one to everything when they are fighting a dragon. <gasps> you get all the cool shit, dude. For reals. Plus one to literally everything How when fighting cool a dragon. How fucking that? And the bracelet's all like, I was raised with the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> you merely adopted the dragon. <laughs> I don't want to identify this anymore. <laughs> Shut up, Stay a while. Listen. <laughs> oh, dude, nice, Decker Kane. Stay yeah. a while. Listen. Dude, shut the fuck up, dude. I'm just here to identify this, you piece of shit. I look to Patches and be like, how much do you like this? Um, I like it a lot, considering I can't do shit to a dragon and plus one. I haven't told you anything. Yeah, like, it's a cool bracelet. Oh, you haven't told me anything? No, I haven't told you shit. I like it a lot. It's fucking made of silver and it's shiny and I stole it, so it's mine. Yeah, but I yelled a lot to distract the group. That's true, and Callista pulled her tit out. Um, And also, (laughs) where was that when that happened? You can have it back. And I don't tell everyone that I literally saved everyone. Yeah, he's got six of them, that's cool. (laughs) I remain. They're not as good as mine. Steve at the dog. (laughs) And I'm just like, eh, debatable. So do you tell us? You I just went like dog dance. Yeah, I tell you. Okay. Right. I'm fucking with you. To each their own. That's not your name. Bracelet of Dragon's Bane. Patches the Dragon's Bane. I like it. Um, that is pretty cool. Plus one to my 1d4 dagger roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Take this dragon. That's that's true. So well, I might be able to. Yeah, no, I, I do give it to you, but I will suggest that uh, you might want to give it to Guy. Now you hang on to it. I'm already buffed. Oh, I'm shit. gonna hang on. To it. <laughs> <laughs> you flex <laughs> up on Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo's like. Okay. <laughs> so Buffalo rears just like this, and Guy's flexing up on the back of it, and the sun is just shining, and the ship is decrepit. As you guys come up, you realize that what mist touched the ship, the wood is like rotting off of this ship has holes in it that you can see through it. The sails, like the sailors have, since you guys have been down here for about at least 20 minutes, right? Identifying these items, the sailors have since gotten rope and like tied it tightly around these masts just to keep them up and from falling over. There are holes kind of worn into this and it just seems like it's still actually being eaten away. Can I use my tinkery kit to help them patch small things? I would love to do the same thing. I I go up to Moltark and ask if I can do anything. I have my bracelet of mending, will that help? (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) If it won't, then throw that thing away. I would like to do that. Um, I'm gonna cast mending on the ship. Well, you, it's like an uh, well, like a you can do is like there a thing that looks time. particularly damaged. They, there's one of the masks that mm-hmm. has like rope all the way around yeah, it. And so the men seem to be constantly like, on it. What's the most important thing that we can fix on this boat? Uh, Maltar comes up and just has his hand on that belt, and he just says, 
Ah, center mass would be most important. We can right. get the rest out of the way. So I'm going to cast Mending with my really gaudy bracelet yeah. on the center Ooh. mast. It is gaudy. And yeah, and it. so as you do, you hold it up and it shines and you grab this mast. And as you do this, it's almost like the wood just like comes back out through this rot and reattaches itself. And you can hear it creaking and groaning. And you guys can see this mast just kind of... <laughs> Like back up into place where it's in a ninety degree angle. I see this and I'm like, nice. I'm, I'm there's still start, much of the ship. Is, yeah, I'm going to start tinkering. Um, anything that's iron or probably more metal is more my style. You would know that the the stern, which is the giant pirate wheel that you see in all the movies with all the pegs on the side of it, mm-hmm. it's completely busted. It's totally unattached to the rudder, and you know that there is a lot of wood and metal and a bunch of different things touching it. It's one of the more intricate parts of a ship. I will. Come reattach Yeah, I would absolutely me. like to look that over. Me um, too. So, with my uh, being a rock gnome, I have mm-hmm. artificer, Artificer's Lore, so it's an intelligence history check on magic. I wanted to like, do a full investigation check and seeing if I can repair this. Sure. Okay, 19. So you go over there, and Adelaide's already kind of looking at it, and after you're done being mesmerized by Callista's bracelet, you kind of walk over to this thing, and you look under it, and you pretty quickly understand how this thing works. As the ship turns, you think that there's probably a gear system that pushes the rudder to one side or the other, and you think that if you can get down in there, that there's probably a room where you can fix these things. Um, I go down. I go down to the room. <clears throat> Professor, what should we do? Are you watching? No, I'm helping you. I'm here to help you. Oh, well. I have a tinker's kit, and I'm just as good as you, so let's go fix this. Sure. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> and I bring her down with me. Um, I tell her what I know of the system. Uh-huh, I knew um, that already. Perfect. And <laughs> yeah, I'm writing notes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Um, what should I roll to fix it? Um, it would be an intelligence check. Okay, just straight intelligence? Yep. Okay. Just like Patches would roll a straight dex for trying to pick locks. Can I also... Oh, that's not good. If we're using our tinker's tools, though, we get proficiency because we're proficient. That, yes, that's true. Yes. Okay. Do we get proficiency okay. on that? Yeah, because you guys are proficient that, with your tinker's tools. That would be good. I get a 15. Um, and I'm, what, what did you say? Are you assisting him with the same job, or are you doing something else? Uh, I want to assist him with the Okay, roll, you can roll a d6 and add that to his roll. No, I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely doing most of the work here. Sure. Plus three. 19. So you get down here and you see these gears. Many of them are corroded, but you think if you can get a file in there, like where they melted the damage to the ship, you notice... Though it's minimal, the, the the real killer of the ship is that it's widespread, not that it, it, any particular location is concentrated. And so you just start to file away at these gears, and as you do, you can feel them kind of like loosen up as you're beginning to turn them to see if they work. You're able to file these gears away, and that rudder that is directed by all of these gears in this, I don't like maintenance room? I don't know what to call it. Maintenance room. As you're, you're just filing away, and the more you file, the more these things move. You're able to tighten some things up, and you're actually able to even replace a few pieces as you guys are both working. Adelaide uh, is the nurse to your surgeon. You're just like reaching your hand back, and she knows sponge. exactly what tools you need. You ask for a sponge. She doesn't know why, but you fix the whole rudder. <laughs> <laughs> and as you guys do, you, cool. you the I'm ship is, <laughs> it's not in perfect condition, but it is Sailing. functional once again. It is, Good. check this out, seaworthy. Once more. Yeah, neat. Wow. Inspiration, DM. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So you guys are able to get this ship back to a point where it is seaworthy, and once that wind kind of picks back up, though there are some holes in its sails, it's still able to kind of push you guys back toward Raven's Bluff. As you guys go back toward Raven's Bluff and see the ports. Beautiful skyline. Dramatic Raven's Bluff. 
You guys can see those gothic-spired steeples rising up through here. The first thing you see is that mage's lighthouse that's on that extended dock out from the ports. You guys, when you left, you you have become pretty familiar with the ports. Patches and Callista specifically Mm. were very familiar with the ports. The others, you guys were starting to become familiar with the ports. Something is very different about the ports as you guys are pulling up, though. As this ship is coming into the port, you can just see the Earth Spur Mountains coming up behind Raven's Bluff, the castle where the Council of Lords sits sitting up there. And as you guys are coming in, you notice that the ports are packed Hmm. with people from one end to the other, an enormous crowd. You can hear them like their hands are covering their mouths. Some of them are pointing, some of them are talking, but in front of everybody is a line of guards that are standing on this port. And as you pull up, the the crewmen are throwing ropes over and the day watch is just pulling this boat in. And as they do, they just push it into the port as quickly as they can. They throw the board over the side and they're helping you all off of the ship. The guards don't seem to be here to question you. They're actually parting the crowd as you all are coming into this place. Like, I'm gonna go. No paparazzi. Calista, um, this isn't part of like the festival, is this? Um, this is... I think a little unusual just to be all gathered around looking at the port. Um, wow. What's my uh, take on this? Everybody's all perception. Perception? Uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit better at that now than I used to be. <laughs> Yay! Eight? Yeah, with an eight, I mean, this crowd is, they're all speaking over one another. You can hear the guards yelling over them. They're saying, come this way, come this way. And as they do, you hear a lot of whispers, a lot of things. You hear people saying, a strange form. You hear people saying, the smoke is gone. You hear people saying, dragon. As all of these whispers are kind of passing back and forth through this port, you hear other people say, rend us asunder. You hear some people say, end of times. Just all of these different whispers coming from this crowd. Voices from the sea, like all of these things. Though you can't pinpoint any of them. The guards have kind of, and you would also notice that the guards have backed a pathway so that you can get back up toward the city. It looks like no one is in the city where the Midsummer's Festivals would be. Even some merchants are like down here on the ports looking to see what's happening. Some of them carry their wares. It looks like others abandon their carts. But it seems like at the very least, everyone heard the same voices that you guys were hearing across the water. Where these guards have parted this crowd at the very end of it, you see a man with dark skin and long, beautiful black hair standing there. He has a scruffy face, and his armor is just shining in this light. He has a big smile on his face, and uh, he's just kind of standing at the end of the guards looking at all of you, wearing this smile on his face. Does anybody know where we could get some cheeseburgers? We're really (laughs) hungry. And you hear, like... 800 people go, what's a cheeseburger? And I, <laughs> I invented it, it's oh, amazing. This world is about to get so much better. <laughs> yeah, you describe it to them and everyone's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Several people just die on the spot. Yeah, on the spot. Anticipation of cheeseburgers. Well, I want oh, a cheeseburger. Man. Right? Wendy's is just Oh, right don't there. tell them about buffalo burgers, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, can so This is Davian? No. no, it's a new guy. Mm. I like uh, to roll up. Yeah, he has he has dark like sun kissed skin, not not dark like. So we are being ushered off of the boat toward what exactly? Like they're parting the crowd. Well, you're getting from... onto the port, and so anytime you get okay. off a port, it's like a cement okay. slab basically, and the guards are just parting the crowd so they don't rush in on you guys. And where is this uh, new gentleman? So Port 11 you guys are actually familiar with. You've been here before. There is an enormous portcullis where merchants must get their goods checked, and the guards have a line all the way up to that, keeping the crowd back. You can hear them put saying things like, 
everything's okay. Everything's gonna be fine. Just calm down. Hear our voices. One captain is walking along the backs of all of these guards saying things in their ears. But at the gate, almost in the middle of it, this portcullis is raised. You can see that man standing with his arms crossed, just looking out at all of you. That smile kind of just stamped onto his face. Uh, None of you recognize him. I'd like to walk up to him and ask him what's going on here. Ah, yes. The Council of Lords need to see you right now. It's time that we go. Insight. Insight. <laughs> nat 20, hell yeah. Uh, this guy, he's just wearing a big smile on his face. And <laughs> with a nat 20, you know that he is nervous as fuck. And he's just like wearing this facade to calm the people down, you think. Um, they can't like see him like this. You've never seen him before though, but what he says you think is true. And it does seem like he's in a little bit of a hurry, but he's kind of trying to keep his demeanor. I just want to get up close I to ask him, him and say, who, who yeah, are yeah, you? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask. We've had people pose as messengers from the council before. Uh, you can call me Goncalo Hernandez. Uh, Show me your rings. As he says this, he like he gets a little smile on his face and he says, very well. And he pulls this huge sword out of the sheath and around the hilt of it, you see each of the rings, just like you all had, kind of smelted into this handle. Okay. And, uh, and he sheathes this sword back. Uh, he's like, welcome back, heroes. I saw you in the arena. I am the champion of that arena. I am the curator of the Trial of Lords. You, you passed could have the, just shown us your hill. You you passed the hill. You could have sword yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, overkill much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then he just puts it back and uh, he says, I had the same thought. <laughs> uh, A champion always brandishes when he can. I'm a symbol of the people. Everyone here knows me. Uh, but look, it's it's good to have you back. I saw you in the arena, and you should be proud of yourselves. Fans of the flame. That's what everyone's calling you. Since you put out the plume out on the sea. Ooh, I like that. I wanted to be Gun Carlo. <laughs> Ooh, that would have been better! God damn me! <laughs> so, uh, Gun Carlo is like, the Council of Lords is waiting on you. Your friend Isaacs, he is there, along with all of the other advisory council. We have many questions for you. Lead the way, let's go. No problem. And he just puts his hand on the hilt of his sword. It rests easily on it. It rests with the relaxed confidence of a veteran fighter. And as he turns to walk, you can just hear that metal like clank on him and you can just like hear the weight of it. And he just like carries it really proudly. And as he turns, you can just see like how big of a man this guy is. And he just starts to walk up toward this. And as he's walking up, he allows all of you, he allows all of you to pass by and his patches passes by, just kind of like winks at you. And oh, man. <laughs> I was about to ask if he had a nice ass. Uh, well, he does. He <laughs> has a really blah, blah, great one. Blah, 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 but, blah, blah. So you guys all walk past, and he takes up the rear. He he turns back, and he issues some commands to the guards, and the guards begin to kind of come back in up toward the gate and let the crowd kind of disperse. Unfortunately, it seems like they kind of left your crew to their own devices mm-hmm. at the Dancing Raven, but they seem to be more interested in their ship, and since you guys got off, they're pulling that plank back up, and they're kind of getting a little further out from the port. But as you guys are walking through this town constantly, you guys have a troop of guards around you and they escort you all the way up to the Council of Lords in this castle. As you guys are coming up to this, you guys, uh, you see just one really interesting man and he he just, he, he seems to be kind of fumbling around as he's walking up. You guys are like just walking really quickly beside him and he's just struggling to get up here. And uh, he looks at you all and he says, friends, a hand, please. And uh, and he reaches out to Patches and you notice as he turns toward you that he has like the sunshine medallion and a cast on his leg. 
And he's just like hobbling oh, up no. to he's just like hobbling oh. up to this castle. And oh, it seems like no one is helping him. His face right now. He's just like leaning really heavily on this walking stick and he seems to just be really struggling on his way up here. Um without any sort of like uh just very subtly I'm just gonna just kick the walking stick. <laughs> It'll slide a hand. illustrate patches so giving 16. the evil side eye to this guy before. Yeah, so with the 16, as you guys are coming up to the uh, the castle up at the top of here where the Lord, the, all of the, actually all of the different authorities are located in Raven's Bluff. You guys are walking up here and there's, the road just becomes really steep on both sides of this. And this guy who patches, you guys have seen him before. You saw him riding on a cart down into town and like screaming and holding his leg. Now it's the same man and he's got a cast around his leg. He's leaning really heavily on this walking stick. Everyone walks past him. Patches, you're in the back. And as Patches walks by, he just kicked this walking stick and he starts to lose his balance and goes to grab him and just like falls off the side of the road like down the steep thing. And he's just like, oh, oh. Do I hear this happen? Uh, I mean, you hear him screaming. I want to turn around. I just like shrug my shoulders. Like what? Nina's like, heart hurts, but like Adelaide is laughing. He lifts up his fist on her hips and just says patches. And then I want to try to it's get. To the, can fine. I get to the guy? <laughs> I mean, he's pretty far down the hill. Oh. <laughs> he's just down there, like wriggling around. Like, oh. can he hear me? And you can like yell to him. He's like fifty feet away. I'm gonna yell a healing word to him. Oh. And heal his leg. Okay, you yell a healing word to him and cheeseburger, and he like it and seems the healing like healing word is I'm sorry, Patches is an asshole, and he's like, that's okay. There's a light in all of us. True that, yo. And then I say, if you didn't fall down the hill, I would have stolen your medallion. <laughs> <laughs> I roll my eyes and I like slow my roll, and then I like start talking to one of the guards and be like, so what happened over the water? And like, just as his last word, Patches says, I would have stole that medallion. And he's like, sometimes the light is deeper in others. And you can just see those like scratches and raspberries start to like mend back up. But his bone is truly like broken and mm-hmm. a healing word doesn't really fix that. But oh. it like heals all of his wounds and yeah, it makes it feel better for sure. Yeah. Um, but like a broken bone, you know, takes some time to mend. So he feels better. He stands up. Be he's And he starts walking back around to the beginning of that hill, like <laughs> where the road meets it at first. And, uh, Arwell, you talk to the guard, and the guards just <clears throat> really gruffly, they don't look at you. They're obviously on patrol right now. They're on duty. He just says, we heard every word. We heard everything that, whatever it was, said. We could see the forms up in the sky gleaming and clashing, and everyone's horrified. The Midsummer's Festival's ruined, and the Council of Lords, they've asked for you all, specifically. Well, they know we're out there. Sense. We can tell them what's that going sounds on. That about right. We have a bit of a dragon infestation. <laughs> Shall they, we go talk to them? Yeah, they keep marching forward. And as they march forward, you guys are coming back into this. You see how this castle isn't built, again, for just one noble family, but it's actually partitioned off into all these places. And you can tell that each of them, though they are made of the same structure, their windows and the plants around them are designed a little differently. Around each of these sections, and you guys come into this grand hall. As you guys come into this grand hall, there's a red carpet laid out before you. And you're back in the Council of Lords, but instead of like a judge's podium, there's a table. And there are seven people sit- sitting at this table, Isaac's being one of them. 
the four lords of the council are sitting there as well. There are two people you have never met. And Goncalo walks over and he pulls a seat out in between the two strangers and he sits in between them. Isaacs looks up to all of you. Uh, though he sits in a chair, he has his hand on the top of his staff and he just is leaning over weakly. They have many pieces of paper in front of them. It seems like they were in a hot conversation as you all walked in and as soon as that door just bursts open and Goncalo starts walking over, all of their attention is on you. And you can just see this light bathing this room from this enormous window. All of these lush green plants line this carpet all the way up to their table. Two enormous ravens have their wings furled out in front of them and the light's just kind of washing over them. Isaac looks up to you and Gumble peeks out from around his shoulder to see all of you. He kind of like purrs like... Poof. Like as he sees all of you and you see his, you see his shoulders kind of like playfully going back and forth. And Isaacs just looks to all of you and says, it's about time. We have much to speak of, please. And he looks over to Goncalo and Goncalo with his arms still crossed just kind of like nods to him confidently. He goes, fans of flame, sit. We have much to discuss. And that's where we're going to end episode 10. Yeah. Uh, gals, won't you fly in the flames tonight? Do you feel that, listeners? Changes in the air. I can feel it too. It feels like we're about to enter the next chapter of this campaign. Some big things are happening. Our heroes have a lot of things that they have to answer for to the Council of Lords, and they are just steps away from taking their first step into the deep end of this campaign. I am so excited for it. Before we wrap this up, I just wanted to give our sponsors a quick shout out. Even though the one we gave at the beginning of our episode felt pretty fucking professional if you ask me. We gotta give it up for Tabletop Loot guys. They take really good care of us as a podcast and they're gonna take really good care of you as a listener of the podcast and as their customer. They're gonna give you some of the best dice you've ever held in your hands as soon as you open them. Just the crinkle of the plastic will be the single most satisfying thing that has ever happened to you and it only gets better from there. So head on over to the store, pick yourself up a pair, be like us, you know, cool, intellectual, really, 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 really good at introducing our sponsors at the beginning of the episode without losing track. Head over to Tabletop Loot, enter the code HITDICEPOD at checkout and you'll get 15% off. We're also going to give you, we're going to give you a discount over at our very favorite merchant for bags of holding. Head over to Grayed Out Dice Bags. You can pick a colored one that's reversible. You can get a pre-printed design or you can get a custom design. You can get fucking pictures of whatever. Alligators, other dice bags, dice, us, you know, just whatever tickles your fans. And we're going to give you 10% off any purchase you make from him. Same code, hit dice pod. It's the same code, hit dice pod. Go over to either of our sponsor stores and enter that. We'll give you a discount on whatever you're getting. You're listening to a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. So don't fucking, you know, kid yourself. Like you can use dice, you can use bags, and we're going to help you get those things. Both of our sponsors have super quality materials. You're going to love it. Once again, I just want to say thanks for joining us. Seriously, we're having so much fun doing this. This is such a fun, creative outlet for us. We love D&D, and we hope that you guys are loving listening to us play it. We're just having a blast, man, and I'm glad that you guys are along for the ride. If you're enjoying it, the best thing that you can do is tell a friend about it. If you know anyone who likes D&D, maybe they'd be interested. Or instead of doing that, you could just leave us a review in iTunes, guys. iTunes reviews are our bread and butter. They are our 
lifeblood. We'd actually like this podcast to go somewhere, to become something, to reach more people. And the only way to do that is to get some more iTunes reviews. So if you guys haven't, stop on over in the iTunes store, take five seconds, hit that five stars, tell us what you love about the show. I am so excited to dive headfirst into the next chapter of this campaign. As a lot of these answers kind of come to a culmination, a lot of exciting things are going to start happening to our heroes. And I'm excited that you've kept up all the way through our 10th episode. Thank you so much for joining us, adventurers. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.